0: This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB, locked on Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following or subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast. Five star ratings, written reviews, kindly please. Your host Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Ideas, questions. We've been getting a bunch of them here as we had off season. Um, you know, feel free to do it, guys. I try to get back to as many of them as I can. Um, you know, appreciate it. You know, any try, any way I can keep up. You know, for you know, for all you guys do for the show here. You know, I try to return it in spades the best I can. Joining along for the ride today from Sports Illustrated, Mr. Pete Smith. We got some things to talk about. Actually, one we're going to do in segment two and three is you know something we usually do about this time of year. Uh, we're going to get to that. We're going to look at a uh, previous two draft classes for the Cleveland Browns. Andrew Berry's first two draft classes. Um, but we'll start here. Obviously, your Browns news currently of today. Uh, Baker Mayfield out of surgery has released a video. Um, certainly not looking very comfortable. Um, you know, obviously probably after a long surgery today to fix the torn labrum, um, all signs look like, you know, Baker will probably be ready, you know, somewhere before training camp. I'm sure training camp, he'll be eased in again for, you know, the millionth time. Um, we're not worrying about the throwing shoulder here, which is by far, you know, the key to all of this. And, you know, with somebody with Baker's personality, I think there's going to be times where maybe you're going to have to hold him back a little bit, certainly going to be chomping at the bit after this season with all that's gone on to this point, and certainly with you know 2022 being his year to shine as far as what will be the next monetary contract extension for Baker Mayfield. But Pete, it's, it's over. It's taken care of. Obviously, he's got a long road ahead of him. Um, as many players do this time of year. I'm certain there's some other Browns players gonna have to go through this, but uh you know, the labrum's fixed. It's all about just getting six back you know, to where he needs to be.
1: Yeah, look, I mean major surgery, uh you know, reasonably big deal. I have questions about that hat choice, but uh I think <laughs> I think part of what you're seeing both today in the video he did and then you know the Instagram thing he did yesterday I think he's like gotten to that point where he has realized that uh you know he needs to sort of start owning some of his his own issues uh, obviously some of this is is PR and, and and spin but I also think he's gotten to a point where he's not as punchy or as defensive about um the things that went wrong this past year and, and, and is a little more reflective, but yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's not stupid. He understands, uh, how big this year is. He understands, um, uh, what this team needs him to do. So hopefully, you know, he can get through healthy. He doesn't have any setbacks either. Um, you know, whether it's, it's him trying to work too hard back or whatever. Um, but I suspect, he's already trying to figure out ways how to sort of start getting back to where he, he, he has shown capable, which is, you know, that's partly how he's wired. And again, I've mentioned this any number of times he's, he's stubborn. And in some ways that can be a real positive for him in his sort of drive to be great. But at some points that can be a negative in, in determining, you know, the way forward. So hopefully he is, in a position where he can be self-reflective and, and receptive to the things that are ultimately going to help him be the quarterback. He
0: clearly is capable of being and wants to be. And, you know, with this, you know, and, you know, and I think the other thing here is, is, you know, look, Baker's always been a defensive guy and you understand it. It comes with the territory. It is who he is. And, you know, I don't have an issue with it. You know, I mean, you know, it's just the way some people are wired. Um, but I think also with this now, you know, getting the surgery, um, trying to get past it all. It's the book is closed. Look, 2021 was 2021. Nothing can be done. Nothing can be changed. Nothing can be altered. That book is written. It's over. And, you know, obviously there's a lot going on here for him in what is going to be the most important year of his NFL career to this point. Um, And just, you know, kind of basically saying, you know, this is where I'm at. And I've got to turn the page for it. Um, You know, my thoughts go out to Mrs. Emily Mayfield, who's probably going to be you know dealing with a bunch of tennis balls, oranges, whatever Baker can get his hands on as far as throwing things in the meantime. Um, so good luck with that. Mrs. Mayfield. Um, do want to get to this here. Um, and I don't want to go too in detail about obviously the whole situation with Malik McDowell. Um, and first and foremost, obviously, you know, you hope for the man, you know, Malik McDowell, uh, there's issues there. Um, did the best he could to remain in the football environment and was able to, you know, make it through the season. Uh was able to, you know, find a way to be a contributor, find a way to be a starter. Um, but you know, this happens with some guys without the structure and the environment of football. Um, you get that taken away from you. Um, and things kind of, you know, go off the rails a little bit. And certainly from Malik McDowell, sadly, that is what's happened. But this is in look, it's we're not critiquing this, we're not saying you don't do these moves, anything of that nature. But Pete, this is what, and we I know we went through this with talks a few years ago with Everson Griffin, and I know everybody, you know, Calvin Ridley is, you know, a name, you know, Browns fans, you know, looking at, pontificating about, but mental health, it's just so difficult. And it's, it's not to say yes to bring somebody in because of it or no to bring somebody in because of it, but... You look at this, and you know a lot of things that changes is you try to get somebody stable in the environment that they are in, and this is kind of why we felt felt Everson Griffin was never going to leave Minnesota because the last thing the man, the young man, needed was a change, a major change, as he was trying to just get comfortable in his own skin in the situation he was in at the time, and for a player like Calvin Ridley, and look, Calvin Ridley doesn't have any, to what we know incidents you know close to Everson Griffin, certainly not any incidents along you know some of the things that Malik McDowell has gone through in his personal life and off the field life. But there's a lot that goes into this and it's just really, really difficult to, you know, get into this to bring a player in. And then yeah, I know we've talked about this again in the past, Pete. The other thing is is taking these players as they're trying to get themselves to the best possible spot they are mental health wise and then throwing a major life change at him, a major career change, you know, by going off, you know, to a new city, to a new team. And in most cases, Pete, new doctors, new therapists. And it's just, it's a slippery road to kind of get into. And usually sometimes these situations turn out that the best situation for the player, for good or for not, if it works out for him, is to at least kind of get right in where you are before you even think about, you know, embarking on a different route. Well, I mean, as far
1: as Malik McDowell is concerned, um, the situation is terrifying to say the least. The video is heartbreaking. Um, I know there's any number of people whose first sort of inclination was to like laugh at it or puck fun or whatever. And then you, you you know, you watch that video and and you clearly see somebody who's not in control, whatever that uh, means. Now, The thing with Malik McDowell is there's some issues that date back to an ATV accident he had in 2017. Um, The problem is the details on what actually happened in said accident are very sketchy. Other than he suffered a head injury, Um, the Browns media or you know the local media tried to sort of ask him about it this year, and he was pretty quick to sort of. you know shove that off but the only thing we can say with certainty re- related to the, uh, Malik McDowell is that is the he he had not had an issue with law enforcement until he suffered the ATV accident what are those things related um that is about as far you know that is that is correlation um not necessarily causation but Nevertheless, that is sort of the pattern of events. Um, you know, beyond that, anything else would be speculation. There, there's been no indication as to what sort of led to this. His lawyer suggested he was slipped something, you know, just on the face of it. That sounds very strange. But then again, you see what actually happened and it's really strange. Uh, the whole thing is sort of difficult to explain. Um uh, the other the question I obviously have with with the whole situation is knowing what they had in him and the issues that he was sort of dealing with because the Bronx had to have an extensive amount of information on what they were getting when they signed him even if it wasn't sort of this big gamble on their part. That, you know, did they try to suggest to him strongly to stay in either whether it was nearby in Nearby in Cleveland, or sure. somewhere that would sort of allow him to have structure and enough supervision to sort of like you know,
0: a home I, environment,
1: yeah. I mean, did he essentially reject that and, and sort of go on his own? Like, these are all questions I would have. I don't know if we'll ever get explanations, but this is what is scary. As it, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, I have no idea what he's dealing with.
0: It, it, you know,
1: it's impossible for me to guess what it is. It, it, um, and it's certainly not fair to like compare Malik McDowell's situation to go to Calvin Ridley. It may be, uh, any number of things. I mean, he's not the only player who had taken a leave of absence from the NFL due to this. Um, so when people ask me, should the Browns pursue this, or what should they? potentially give up for a player like Calvin Ridley. I don't have any information to offer in terms of where his mindset is, uh, what the Falcons think of him or what the Browns would think of somebody like him. You know, he could be a fantastic player to get because maybe he's in a great frame of mind and um, has found sort of the right balance to sort of put him in the right position. My guess is that is not something the Browns will take a, a flyer. The Browns will, will will take or or a big trade. Um, I I I'm, you know I, Ben 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 Albright uh, was suggesting that could be a Patriots move. It certainly makes more sense to what the Patriots are dealing with and uh, in terms of what they need than than a team like the Browns. But that's as far as I can go. We just don't have enough information, and I have looked. Whether it's been through, uh, you know, SI's team site with the Falcons and their coverage of the situation, like there are no details on this. Um, The team is not saying anything. Their answers to this situation are about as clear as the Houston Texans are when it comes to answering questions of Deshaun Watson, which is to basically say (laughs) the situation has not changed at this point. That's about as much as you get um, on. Calvin Ridley so if you're telling me can you get 2020 Calvin Ridley he's a fantastic player does that make sense to get him in in whatever form that is I don't know he's going to be 29 that's certainly not old for a receiver but at the same time like there's part of me that looks at this and goes they have already sort of committed to going younger with Donovan Peoples Jones Anthony Schwartz and Teutcher Felton and everything seems to suggest they're going to sort of move on from the rest of them in some form or fashion, maybe, maybe not, maybe some are coming back. uh, But it seems like they're going to invest young because it's um, not only because that gives you guys who are hungry to prove themselves in the system that they're drafted into rather than I'll throw an example out there. Like um, the Chicago bears and uh, what's his What's, what's their uh, big receivers? uh, Allen Robinson. uh, Allen Robinson. So he's a good example. If the Browns were to sign Allen Robinson, let's say they sign. And he at some point decides, you know, this isn't working. He can basically, and this is true of most any receiver. Dwayne Bowe's is a great example where he can basically say, eh, I'll wait till the season's over. I'm already fine. I don't have to worry about. It. Whereas, you know, these rookie receivers who are getting paid less than a million dollars or whatever, you know, if it's a first round pick, a little, a, a few million dollars, they have more to prove. Whereas some veterans um, have the ability to basically like, yeah, this isn't working. You check out which seemingly happened in Chicago this year with Robinson. Um, I don't know the full detail on that, but it just, that's sort of, it just wasn't good. Um, so that, that's sort of, gives me reason to sort of hold off on guys just because they're big names and have been productive. Uh, it seems like the Browns should are, are should be more inclined to find fits, especially in an offense where Kevin Stefanski is more about efficiency than necessarily raw targets. Um, yep. Whether it's Odell Beckham or potentially somebody like Stefan Diggs, they seem to like the raw target numbers more than the efficiency, which, you know, I get it. They want to be more involved, but at the same time, like, Stefan Diggs efficiency was never better than 2019 with Kevin Stefanski in that Vikings offense. Um, so we'll see. I, 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 I don't, I don't expect Calvin Ridley really to be really part of the equation. And I, you know, I just don't know. I hope the best for him. I'd love to see him get back out there and play great football, but you know, with, with any of these situations, and this is true of anyone, um, you want them to be in a, the, best frame of mind and ultimately in a position to sort of live their best lives as
0: it were. There's no question about it. And, you know, for Leith McDowell, I mean, what's probably ahead of him now, again, looks, you know, scary, you know um, you, know, he was already on probation as it is. And so obviously a fence like this certainly, you know, is not helping things in any way whatsoever. Um, and I, I just, you know, want to say, I mean, it's great that the NFL is finally after all these years, in such a violent sport, so much fame, so much notoriety that it's, you know, finally to the point where at least players can say, Hey, you know, I'm not okay. And that's the most important thing at the end of the day. And, you know, not basing this on Calvin Ridley's personal situation. um, If I'm the Cleveland Browns, I'm going to gamble on a Traylon Burks. I'm going to jam. I'm going to gamble on a Drake London. I'm going to gamble on Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. And a lot of it has to do with age and what I'm paying them. That's that's where it comes to. Um, I just don't see the Browns, you know, dipping their toes in this water. And obviously, a lot has to, you know, you know, be, you know, come from the Calvin Ridley camp. Calvin Ridley himself, if anybody is even to pursue the possibility of trading for Calvin Ridley, um, we don't do this often, but you know, we do. Like, you know, it, it, it does need to be talked about at times. It doesn't need to be mentioned about t- at times. It, it, it's part of the game. It's it's things you have to deal with. And, you know, for Malik McDowell, I mean, I hope all the best, um, it, it, you know, you don't want ever want to see anybody, you know, in the worst possible position in their own life. And, you know, for Malik McDowell, I mean, you know, basically gave me a big old, you know, shut the hell up sandwich as, you know, for, he was able to toe the line, do everything the Cleveland brands asked him this season. Um, but now, you know, you get an off season and you always get a little bit nervous about the off season, you know, players, you know, wandering outside of their comfort zone and these things happening. Um. You know, but something, you know, you got to talk about it. Obviously, it's part of the game. Um, Certainly was part of what's going on here for the Browns this week. So certainly got to touch on it here. Uh, We're going to go back. We're going to peek back. We'll look at the 2020 draft class, Andrew Berry's first draft class, as these guys are about to be 30 year players. Obviously, a lot is going to be expected for some players. Um, Some, maybe it's going to be time where they get passed over. We'll see how that works over. We'll get to the 2021 class after that. Jeff Lloyd, Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith, along for the ride here on your latest locked on Browns bet online would like to wish you a new happy betting year as we are on our way through the playoffs and beyond bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on all caps no space to get started from football basketball hockey Boxing and UFC, right to your Vegas casino games. Don't wait to get advantage all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Pete, we go to the 2020. I'm sorry, the 2020 draft class for Andrew Barry, His first one out of the box, and obviously. It was a very interesting process. This was, you know, when COVID was new, all of that. But the Browns draft class from 2020, Jedrick Wills, Grant Delpit, obviously basically just finishing his first year within the NFL, Jordan Elliott, my guy Jacob Phillips, Harrison Bryant, Nick Harris, Donovan Peoples-Jones. There's been maybe moments I'd say obviously for Jedrick Wills, I think Jedrick Wills this year probably earned a little bit more in the locker room than I think some people are going to understand um, as far as going through what he did um, and, you know, playing through it. Grant it. we saw some signs here this year. Jordan Elliott, if anything, he's a rotational piece of that defensive tackle room. Jacob Phillips, we haven't seen enough, but what we've seen, you really like. Harrison Bryant shows that he could certainly be, you know, a, a significant part of this tight end room. Certainly excels more uh, as a receiver than we see so much maybe in the blocking necessarily, and that's okay. Nick Harris, one start at center. His true position to this point was pretty rock solid against the Green Bay Packers. Maybe a much, much bigger plate coming for Nick Harris here in 2022. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, I mean, if you take this on his face, Pete, some – contributions from the number 187th overall pick in the 2020 draft was able to contribute some as a rookie those numbers went up in his second year um but all in all i mean you know for every one of these guys it's you know kind of time where it's going to be you know step out or you know maybe somebody else you know maybe you know Cedric wills Delpit probably and maybe phillips but it's you know step your game up or you know maybe somebody's gonna step over you
1: yeah i mean Jedrick wills Injuries have not helped. Uh, ankle injury right off, the, right off the shoot this year um, ha- li- limited him. Um, coming into year three, one, obviously you're hoping he stays healthy. And, and two, I want to see him finish as a run blocker better. That's the one thing that sort of stands out to you.
0: Get a for little pissed off SOB to him.
1: Yeah, for as big and powerful as he is, like there's too many plays where you're sitting there going, why is he not – finishing like you, you know could could I take half of what Wyatt Teller does and and the the half that tends to go a little too far and put it in Jedrick will like you know we'll see hopefully healthy all those things he can get a little bit meaner um as a run blocker I think he can do the job as a pass protector but it's a big year for him uh he's still very young we'll see where that goes even if he doesn't do that he's still a functional tackle but you know, it's not gonna look good compared to the Tristan Wirfs of the world or the, the uh some of those players, but he was also the youngest. Um Grant Delpit, he can play. Um uh, injury the first year was awful, second year, you're still um, you know, seeing him get further away from the injury, but he also uh got significantly better a, a guy that seemed to gain more confidence by the game. And, and by the end of the year um, was one of the more impact players in, in the in that secondary, I am really excited to see what year three looks like for him because we've only gotten sort of a taste of what Joe Woods wants to do with those safeties when they only had one free safe, free safety type guy, they could rely on and John Johnson. That's sort of what they did. What they want to ultimately do is have three guys who can sort of on any given play drop and play free. At the very least, Grant Delpit, who is obviously penciled to start it free, uh, has experience doing that, but he was doing these other things at Strong and stuff. I think you're going to see him do more and more and more that will allow John Johnson to be a little bit more versatile. Obviously expecting much bigger things from John Johnson in year two with the Browns. Uh, Jordan Elliott, it's been a struggle. Um, it has not been good. And obviously this is a position that's really difficult to do. Not unlike tight end. um, It's a position where the physicality and the demand can take three years to get, get to where you needed to go. You cannot pencil in Jordan Elliott as a starter next year, but you can hope he can be a nice player. He's certainly got a nice skill set that can be productive, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, Hopefully, you know he fits what the Browns really want to do in terms of being able to be play multiple spots and potentially uh, stop the run with his body type. But it has to happen, and right now, that is the most disappointing looking picks thus far. But I don't want to bury him where he, he was drafted. He yes, um, and they're going to have to. Obviously, that's going to be a big focus of free agency is adding more defensive tackle help. So hopefully, he does better. Um, who am I missing before Harrison Bryant? Jacob Phillips, baby. Jacob Phillips. Okay. Uh, another player, two years of injuries for him. Uh, he, he's like, he's the guy who, even as a rookie, you could tell it clicked. He could see the game happening. Uh, but he's dealt with injuries. You know, it, it hurt his ankle. You know, suddenly he has a G- in Instagram post or whatever he posted with a giant cast. Um, almost, you know, right out the gate. and And has dealt with injuries, had the bicep tendon issue this year. And then he finally gets out there. Obviously, they, they they were able to just activate him at the end of this year. Um, and then in the game against the Cincinnati Bengals, obviously against their backups, he was a, a standout in that game. He was everything that the Browns hoped he would be. And yep. clearly now inserts himself at least into the conversation to be the running mate of JOK, which seemed to be always the goal um, of this group is to have those two sort of be able to fly around and make plays fingers crossed he can stay healthy because he he understands what he's looking at um, understands what this defense wants to do and fits exactly the type of linebacker the Browns want him to be. Um, So I'm excited to see what he can do in this next year. Harrison, Harrison Bryant, fantastic player. I think he should have been more involved in the offense this year than he was. I think his, his um, impact will be larger next year. He right now he is the best uh pass catcher at the tight end position on the Browns in terms of contested catches and just being able to sort of find a way to get the ball. Um uh, you know, we'll see what happens with with Austin Hooper, but presumably David Njoku will still be here next year. And regardless of whether Hooper is here or not, um I'm hoping we see a whole whole lot more of the ball going to uh Njoku and then Bryant with more receivers on the field I think he can be a big big part of what this offense wants to be and sort of finally realizing what it's capable of being if guys can stay healthy and get uh can get right who am I missing at, at this point Nick Harris
0: and Mr. Donovan Peoples-Jones
1: uh Nick Harris look um he is succeeded relative to what he's been asked to do um JC Treder doesn't practice all that much because he's been basically de- playing on one leg for since he's gotten here for the now much, five yeah. seasons. Uh, so Nick Harris has gotten a ton of work at center. And it's a tough and- spot for
0: Nick Harris. Cause his whole thing was to be an insurance policy in case something truly ended or happened to JC shredder. It's a tough spot for Nick Harris.
1: So yeah, I mean, he got tons, he's gotten tons and tons and tons of practice reps uh,
0: through the course of the season.
1: And, the Green Bay Packers game was an indication of just how much work he's gotten and how much better he's gotten. He was fantastic in that game. Um, he shows you the mobility that really stood out when he was drafted. Uh, he just he, He's fantastic in terms of an offense that asks their center to get out and pull or get out and block in space on screens and things. Um, he has more mobility, certainly, than Trader does on one leg. Um, size is never going to be his thing. Uh, I, I, I still have questions as to can he hold up over a se- now 17-game season? But against one of the best in the business in Green Bay, uh, he was great. So you're pretty excited about where he can be. Even if, whether it's Treder stays and is still the starter next year or the Browns were to bring in somebody who ultimately plays over Nick Harris, if he's a backup center as a fifth-round pick, for for several years that's fine I, I think ultimately he is going to end up starting at some point so you're pretty happy with him and then Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, it's a shame that he was sort of thrust into being the number one receiver this year he he was the most efficient he was uh, the leader in terms of overall yardage but the Browns seemingly had a really good handle on where he was in terms of his development arc, both as a rookie. And then this year, understanding what he, where he really was. Um, that doesn't mean he, he like loses anything, by the fact that he ended up being the top receiver, it's just sort of like they, they had this uh, way of sort of limiting his exposure in terms of seeing him struggle. Now, hopefully, by virtue of the fact that he was thrust into the, the starting lineup and going against guys like Marlon Humphrey and J.C. Jackson and Rasul Douglas, that he can sort of better under, understand how to use his his strength and his size because one of the weirdest things I, I keep running into is people who are worried about the bronze drafting somebody who's big um, at receiver when they have all these big tight ends and, and Donovan Peoples-Jones is like 200-and-something pounds and 6'2". Like he's a, he's a big dude. Like he's not, yep. not that far removed from being like Debo Samuel size. Um, I want to see him, you know, obviously with him, it's being able to get off of contact better. It's being able to get cleaner in his breaks. Obviously this was a thing when they drafted him. Um, he looked like he'd never been coached at Michigan and, and everything was sort of new, uh, but he was far and away the best receiver on this team this year. And even though the Browns need to seriously address that position, you have to be thrilled about where he is and what he can be. So um, overall, a lot's going to hinge on what Jedrick Wills does in terms of, can he sort of turn it over into being not just a capable tackle, but a good tackle. But wow, he, uh, you know, the Browns have gotten a lot of value out of that. And some of that's still potential. Some of that is still, can Jacob Phillips be a guy who comes in and, and and really plays for you? Can, can some of those guys make it happen, but between, uh, getting, uh, Wills and Delpit and Harrison Bryant and Donovan peoples Jones, you're pretty damn excited about this group and you have to feel at least encouraged about Nick Harris and some of these other guys of what they can be. So, um, Let's just say it. That is better than any, either tr- any draft John Dorsey's ever been involved in. Like that's, it's <laughs> not even close to how you know. Like people still defend that guy, and like this is what a professional draft looks like, and what a good organization looks like. And they're not all going to hit. There's going to be some guys that don't work out, but this is why yeah. Andrew Berry is the right man for this job, and why they have the people they have in place.
0: Well, and, and to say this through two years, every single one of them still here. And um, we'll get to a little bit more here on Locked On Browns. And Antonio Calloway, wherever you are, buddy. What's up, big guy? We continue here on Locked On Browns as Pete Smith joins here along for the ride. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and are renting it out, or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Whether you've launched your own startup or are working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions that you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it. TurboTax Live. We will save, uh, talking about the 2021 draft class, um, for next episode here with Pete. Obviously, that one ran a little long. This sometimes happens here on Lockdown Browns, and that's okay. Um, But, Pete, now we've talked about some of these guys here, especially here from the 20 draft with Jedrick Wills. But you mentioned Grant Talpott. You mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones. You mentioned Jacob Phillips, and we'll see where it lays for Nick Harris. Um, you know, for the thing for Nick Harris is is you know, will the opportunity, will the door open for him? That's something he can't control. But Pete, for these guys, and I'm you know, there's obviously a couple more on this roster, but this is this is a really, really in, important offseason for them. For you know, some of these guys, certainly Grant it Look, he was highly thought of by this team. Um you know the injury certainly derailed you know the climb up the mountain, so to speak, for them, but this is a guy they still have high hopes for. you know you look at the cornerback room um you know greedy Williams, you know whether his long term future is in Cleveland and it might not be. he's got one year left here, so it's a question to go out there and show yourself to the best of your abilities. um They found a way to play all three, sometimes injuries dictated you know who was going to get you know time, obviously. But here's a player obviously needs a strong offseason as he's going into what could be you know a contract walk year. You have Kareem Hunt on his last year here. Um, you know, I don't know how long the Browns would continue going with this, you know, high amount of money, you know, invested into two running backs. But there's some guys here where, yeah, it's the offseason and you know it is time to relax. But for some of these guys, it, there's a big onus on this offseason. Either A, they're being counted on, depended on. Or B, it's you know about towards playing towards your monetary future.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Browns have any number of big decisions to make. Uh, certainly, they have some interesting amounts of money at positions that you know I expect the Browns are gonna aren't gonna move on for on from
0: Kareem Hunt unless something weird happens. Yes, but uh, I mean, but that's saying for this year. So essentially, he could be yeah. playing for a contract beyond this year, of course.
1: Yeah, and, and at that point he you know, I expect it will be elsewhere, uh, because he's going to um I think he'll be twenty eight at that point. And whether it's Dearness Johnson who's gonna be a restricted free agent and the Browns have every ability to keep him, or they're gonna find somebody else, you know, Demetri Felton could be part of that. Um that's probably gonna be the end of him uh after this year. And it's just you know this coming year 2022 it's unfortunate that you know 2021 the first year of his his getting a decent paycheck he missed a uh, or good paycheck for him uh missed nine games so uh, i think some people are talking themselves into getting rid of Kareem Hunt already i doubt the browns are interested in doing that and i think people are Underestimating just how much he can do.
0: Yeah, because if you're the Browns, you're foolish. Like you can look at this game, and you can look at nine games where Kareem Hunt wasn't involved, and say, "Damn, anything a Kareem Hunt could have been a difference maker in any one of these games." Yeah, I mean, the Raiders game stands out the most, 100. Uh,
1: but yeah, there's there's definitely uh, definitely areas where or, or, or games where he could have made a big
0: difference and help this team out as a running back and a passing threat. No doubts there. Um, And now you you get to this year, you know, you have a player like Anthony Walker. um, And and I know a lot of people are talking about maybe, you know, just bringing Anthony Walker back. Um, But, you know, for Anthony Walker, it wasn't a terrible year. He produced well statistically. And I don't know, Pete, I mean, between he and Malcolm Smith, the way I look at it for this linebacker room, I think maybe the Browns are done this route. You have Sione, you have Jacob Phillips, uh, you know, you have, of course, you know, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. You don't have any idea what you have in Tony Fields uh, to this point. You have players and you you, you kept Willie Harvey on a a reserve future contract. You love Elijah Lee as a special teamer. Is it maybe the time now where they're through this with this linebacker unit where they don't need this one year, three million, four million, Vet because they've kind of you know accumulated the kids and maybe it's to the point where it's time for the kids to run the room.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a tough question. Uh, Jok seems to really want to be a leader, and he's basically sort of sticking his you know because he does it. Yeah, I mean he
0: does it by play and he does it by action. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think there's certainly something to that. Obviously, Jacob Phillips is is an interesting player in that regard. I really like Elijah Lee. I hope they bring him back because he is very good special teams and, and did contribute as a linebacker Uh, whether or not, you know, and, and if Malcolm Smith wants to keep playing, I I suspect the Browns are going to be more than happy to let him Um, as far as the Anthony Walker of the world, like Anthony Walker was better here than he's been with the Colts, but he wasn't great here either. And some of that is because of the defensive tackle position and the issues they've had there. But some of that is just – it's really difficult for a guy like Anthony Walker to play in coverage, and teams that, like, found ways to isolate him in space or force him to run around had problems. So, you know, the Browns went from B.J. Goodson, who was a good locker room guy and a veteran, to Anthony Walker, who's a good uh, locker room guy and a veteran and a leader. I suspect the Browns are going to try to run this back one more time um, for that reason, I think they do value what he brings uh, overall, um, in that uh, on defense and in terms of getting guys lined up and stuff and, and, and just getting a, you know, whether, whether or not there, if it's Anthony Walker or, or somebody else getting somebody with some heft at linebacker that can stop the run consistently, um, is going to be important to them. And Sione Takitaki isn't. Has not sort of become that Mike linebacker that can do that. He's obviously a salmon when they go run package, they have both of them on the field anyway. So I think they're going to have to find somebody, whether it's in the draft or free agency or whatever, somebody with some heft who can come downhill and meet a back in the hole and make a big tackle. JOK, for all the things he can do well, that isn't him. Jacob Phillips, that may never be him either. So – I think somehow, some way, they're going to probably keep Anthony Walker at least one more year.
0: Uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I just I think they got to the point where they invested enough, and I think that everybody has grown. Um, you know, maybe you know some veteran. I don't know. Maybe Anthony Walker might be looking at better money. Um, yeah, or if Malcolm Smith says, "Hey, I'm comfortable here. You guys pay me money. You, you use me the way I like to be used. Um, maybe one more shot." Um, but it's starting to look like, you know, maybe it's something where the kid's kind of taking over the room. Uh, We've got some good stuff here today. You know, uh, the Malik McDowell situation. um, And now that the NFL is at least, you know, acknowledging and allowing players to, you know, speak and talk about the fact that, you know, sometimes they're having issues and which is look, I mean, if we've learned anything over the last two years with COVID enough, I mean, look, people are going through things. They've always been going through things, but maybe it's, you know, finally a time where it's appreciated and understood that it's acceptable for people to speak up and understand that, you know, they might need some time to get themselves right. Uh, Baker Mayfield under the knife. He's had his surgery on to, you know, rehab and, you know, hopefully a successful rehab as 2022 is going to be a huge, huge year for Baker Mayfield as you know, far as his future in Cleveland in the league. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We've reviewed here the 2020 draft class and a lot going to be on that 2020 draft class here as we turn the page to 2022. Uh, some thoughts here, you know, about the off season, you know, progression of, uh, you know, some certain players here as far as what the off season means to them. Some talk here about the linebacker unit. He is Pete Smith Brown's digest on sportsillustrated.com. Uh Make sure you were following all the work over there from Pete and the crew. The guys are doing a great job hammering out pieces, content every single day. Make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you check out for Pete's sake the podcast. A uh, little switch in the rotation to uh, this week. And Nicole, just want to say to you, um, if anybody can understand, you know, going through some things family wise, it's certainly me. Uh, my thoughts, my condolences, my hearts and prayers out to everything that you and your family are going through right now. Brent Soboleski, obviously, always great on here. Was great with Pete. Jumped on in. Uh, was able to give you know uh, you know some great great insight in his thoughts as far as you know, this Browns offseason and the future of this Cleveland Browns roster. So make sure you're checking out for Pete's sake. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself at Lockdown Browns. follow back account. Uh, DMs are always open. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, on whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following or subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews, uh, a lot going on. It's the offseason. Um, and, you know, do I want to be covering this right now? No, but we've always done it, and we've always done it well, and we will continue to do so here on Locked On Browns with guys like Pete, guys like Jeff Risden, Brent Soboleski, everybody else, the cast, everybody else, John Costco, of course. Um, you know, it's not fun to talk about, but, you know, it's it's part of what, you know, makes football a 365 business. And, you know, we're here a little earlier than most teams. It's just the way it is. We'll make do, and we'll give you the best coverage we can. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Brown.